Ladies, I am so excited to let you know that Queendom, Black Bopedi's exclusive membership community for women only, is officially opening up her doors on December 13th. So it's time to start letting you know more about it. Queendom is an exclusive community of high-minded, empowering, supportive, badass women who are all on a mission to live from their fullest potential in life. This empowered space is monitored by me personally to ensure that it is a non-toxic, non-competing, inspiring, energetic environment. What this membership includes is one monthly live Zoom call with me where I take you on a deep dive in a specific focus for the month. So think self-love, self-confidence, vitality, wellness. All of these topics are vital to living from your fullest potential in life. So these talks will support you to get more clarity on them and help you to develop and strengthen your relationship with them in your life. You get one monthly challenge that is specific to the focus for the month for development and progress in that area. You get a monthly workbook with a summary and journal prompts focused around the topic for the month. You also get exclusive Black Beauty Radio podcast guest content for Queendom members only. You get a variety of intentional meditations that I create to help you get rooted in specific areas of yourself and of your life. And ladies, I love to have fun. So you can expect to have a lot of it in Queendom. There will be several pop-up virtual events, ranging from cooking hangs, beauty sessions, training sessions, master classes, and Q&As with incredible guest experts. You also get my VIP high-performance vault. So think everything that I rely on to look my best, to feel my best, and to perform my best in life. Above all, you get community and accountability support from the incredible members of Queendom who are on aligned missions to live from their fullest potential in life. You know, there's a quote that I love that really sums up Queendom for me. No matter how brilliant your mind or strategy, if you're playing a solo game, you'll always lose out to a team by Reed Hoffman. And I see Queendom as an absolute team, you guys. I've created this space for you to come in and be a part of an incredible team that will support you to live from your fullest potential, feeling successful and fulfilled from within and out. So the cost for all of this is just $40 a month. And that price is exclusive to this enrollment only. For those who purchase a full year of membership upfront, you get one month of membership free. It's a six month membership commitment to get into Queendom. We need to create real connection and culture. So having that commitment is really important. Also, let's be real. You got to put some skin in the game. Investing in this membership is investing in yourself. You are worthy of being integrated into an enriched environment of empowered, inspired women, including myself, who will all offer high-minded support and high-vibing energy to help you feel great and perform great in your life. So if you're ready to join Queendom, go to blackbeltbeauty.com and sign up or click the link in the show notes. Ladies, let's seek the fight together in 2021 as a badass crew of empowered queens. Membership has its privileges. Can't wait to see you in Queendom.
I think having that exact attitude is what gets you, is what always keeps you going and you end up doing a lot better than you'd expect. But if you just give up and quit, then, I mean, you already know the answer to that. Like you're quitting, it's over. Right. But I've had so many times where um, I'll just realize like, okay, maybe performance is out the window and I just need to focus on getting to the finish line. And then you go through that lull. And as long as, you know, that will relax me and I'll keep moving. And then eventually I'll come out of it. Like you said, like I said, and feel better again. And then sometimes that means I come back and start really performing well and still end up on the podium or something. Yeah. And that's, and that's how it is with life too. Like, you know, if you just give up and sit there, then that's your answer. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's all that's happening. But if you keep going, you're going to have a better outcome than just sitting there and giving up. So you might as well try it. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Amanda, what's up, girl? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just getting back to real life and working after a very relaxing Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was lovely. (laughs) It was nice. And how far away are you now from having your baby? Um, Let's see. So I'm at 33 weeks and three days. Wow. Okay. Close, but also feels still very far. <laughs> Does it? Does it? Are you still, you're running right now, right? From your social, like I saw you running recently. Yeah, I, yeah. I do run. It is not very pleasant. I'll be honest. Girl, but I can I'm imagine. Trying to like, <laughs> I'm trying to just like do what I can to stay fit enough that it's not terrible to start running again after. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, honestly, I can't even... Running with my my period boobs are hard enough. I can't imagine running. With yeah. my baby. Oh, and both. It's like imagine. Oh, the right. Yeah. Plus this giant belly. It's so crazy. <laughs> you know, one yeah. of my so my very best friend Carrie Walsh Jennings. You know, I'll, I'll never forget. I mean, she has three babies, and you know, all the way. I feel like it was like three weeks prior to having her daughter. She was still getting after it. I mean, for sure, you know, she adjusts, but she was doing, you know, um, her Pilates in the sand workout. And I, I love this idea that she, she shared with me, but it's, it was along the lines of like, when you're going to have a baby, you want to be as strong as you possibly can. It's like, you're preparing your body almost for war, like battle in a way, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Is that how you're feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, it's um, definitely been harder than I thought it would be. So, I mean, I went into it super fit, like probably the fittest I'd ever been. Yeah. And then, you know, the pandemic happened. So racing, because I was preparing for a big race and then um, the race got canceled, but I was super fit. And so I thought like getting pregnant so close to that, oh, this will be fine. Like, won't be too hard. I'll be, I should be able to maintain like some pretty good mileage or whatever. And it's definitely not uh, been easy. It's been pretty, pretty tough. I mean, I can't imagine. 
Yeah. Well, and it's also like, aside from the physicality aspect of it, you're dealing with hormones and, you know, waking up tired. I mean, I, you know, every woman's experience being pregnant is obviously so different, different. Some women are just like breezing by and then others are like throwing up every day and just exhausted. So I can't imagine, um, you know, just having to navigate that and then also keeping your body strong and, and I, and you know, it's the best, I feel like it is the best thing to be doing, not only for you're going into battle and you're having a baby, but also for, uh, when your baby's here, like the bounce back, the return, right? Yeah, for sure. And I'm so thankful. Like Justin's been, uh, very good and nice and supportive the whole time, but I don't know how he's dealt with the mood swings and me whining all the time. And <laughs> I just feel like such a complainer every day. There's something I swear. Like once one thing goes away, another one comes. So like first trimester I had really bad nausea mm-hmm. and then um, that kind of went away, but I couldn't sleep. So I had really bad insomnia. And then uh. after all that went away, I got really bad sciatica. It was like, <laughs> So many things. I'm basically just checking off every possible thing that can happen while you're pregnant. So um, <laughs> it should be like life and running should feel extremely easy after this. That's kind of how I'm trying to look at it. <laughs> you know what? I love that so much because there's a quote that I want to read to you and I would love for you to expand on. And it's like the perfect segue into that quote. So uh, you had said that running is a weird sport. It can feel effortless and inspiring one day and miserable the next. That's why I think it's so fitting for life. You just need to keep moving forward. Some days will feel tough, but more days will leave you feeling on top of the world. I love that. It deeply resonates with me. And I would just love for you to riff off that and expand off that. You know, when you think about 2020 alone, like this year, the the navigation of challenges that people are having to endure is gnarly. So I think that expanding that beautiful wisdom that you shared would be of real value to everybody listening and watching. Yeah, I think, I mean, running to me has always been like the perfect parallel of life. Um, I started it kind of during, well, when I was kind of in the middle of an eating disorder Mm -hmm. and it helped me work my way through that. And ever since then, it's helped me work my way through every problem. Um, You can go on a run and just get the mental clarity that you want and or need and think through all of the other things you have going on and realize that like, no matter what, if you just keep going, things end up getting better. Even if you feel like they're so terrible at the time that there's just, it feels hopeless. Sometimes it's really easy to just feel really hopeless, but if you just keep moving forward, you'll end up feeling better. And specifically with ultras, like that's exactly how it is. It's like living life in 24 hours where you just feel so great at the start and then like you're running well and enjoying the moment and then you hit such a low that you don't you just don't know if you can keep going and you always can that's where like the mental challenge comes in and if you do just keep going even if it's a slog like as slow as you've ever gone in your Mm -hmm. life like it'll you'll come out of it and then things will be better and you'll get back to that place where you first started and it just keeps going like a roller coaster. 
I love that so much. You know, it, it brings me to think about sometimes uh, when I'm on my beach runs, like my 10K sand runs, there are times where, you know, I'll just hit a real tired moment in the, in the middle of the run. And I'll just, I'll literally tell myself, hey, you can slow down. You can, you can like be easy on yourself. And, but just, I just want you to keep going. Like, even if it's just super slow, like just keep going. And to be able to adjust like that, and then I'll, I'll finish, like I'll keep going. Right. And then maybe towards the end, I'll speed back up or whatever. But like that adjustment piece in the middle of the process, I think is such a powerful transferable skill because in life we have to have that agility, right. To be able to maneuver with the external and then also the internal, like there's some days where you like maybe got to be more gentle with yourself. And there's some days where you got to push yourself. And so, um, do you, do you feel like that is something that has been super fortified in your racing and running career? Yeah, for sure. I think having that exact attitude is what gets you, is what always keeps you going and you end up doing a lot better than you'd expect. But if you just give up and quit, then I mean, you already know the answer to that. Like you're quitting, it's over. Right. But I've had so many times where um, I'll just realize like, okay, maybe performance is out the window and I just need to focus on getting to the finish line. And then you go through that lull. And as long as, you know, that will relax me and I'll keep moving. And then eventually I'll come out of it. Like you said, like I said, and feel better again. And then, Sometimes that means I come back and start really performing well and still end up on the podium or something. Yeah. And that's, and that's how it is with life too. Like, you know, if you just give up and sit there, then that's your answer. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's all that's happening. But if you keep going, you're going to have a better outcome than just sitting there and giving up. So you might as well try it. Yeah, exactly. No, like the end of your statement when you said, you know, but more days will leave you, leave you feeling on top of the world. I feel like that, you know, when you, when you, when you work through those moments, you, you feel greater success, right? Like you reach more success. It's almost like, and I, I do, this is why I view challenges as opportunities because, you know, I always say like, there's no handouts to badassery. Like if you want to, you know what I mean? Like you got to earn it. And how do you earn it? Well, you earn it by going towards the challenge and like moving through the challenge. Um, you know, and that makes me think about what you had said in the beginning where you said that you you really started running when you were battling a an eating disorder, right? Yeah. And I, I would love to talk about that a bit because, um, I mean, essentially it's like running healed you, right? It was very medicinal and I think it it would be really valuable to just go back there for a moment and just um, expand on how how that took place for you in your life. Because I I'll say this before, um, I know that when I'm having a hard day and I turn to sport, anything physical, lifting weights, running, or like it just it shit it shifts me, you know, in the right direction, the direction I want to be on. So yeah, I'd love to hear about that moment for you. Yeah, I think that, you know, you can get very caught up in everything going on in life. um, And that changes over time as you, as you're at different ages. So what I thought was a lot going on in life at 17 is like nothing now, (laughs) but 
at the time it was. And it's just easy to get caught up in that and not be able to slow down and think through things. And running became like the one time of day where during my run, it was like nothing else existed. It just shut my mind off. I enjoyed every second of it because it was just quiet. Like when I'm sure a lot of people like who have had eating disorders or any sort of um, something similar, like going through a problem, it's like, you can't, it's so hard to just stop thinking about it and to just relax and like, just let yourself just, just relax. Yeah. And those, all of my runs, it was like the best part of the day. And I could just totally relax, be in the moment and feel like myself again. And that gave me the ability to think through things and realize that, you know, what actually mattered and what didn't really matter. Yeah. And what I thought was, you know, something that was a hard problem to get through really wasn't that bad because I could finally just chill out and think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a moving meditation, right? It helps you just yeah. have more clarity. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's not that oh, I, I ran and that just solves all the problems. Like you still have to solve the problems yourself, but it at least lets you get to the point where you're able to do that. And how long was that period uh, from the time that you started running and, and you were battling that to the time that you really recovered from it, if you're fully recovered from it? Yeah, I'm, I would say that I am. It's mm-hmm. it's a really long process. And I think, you know, because there's like the physical and mental part of it mm-hmm. and the mental part, for me, it took a really long time to be a hundred percent recovered from it. So probably the first, so I had, it had started like my freshman year of high school. So I was 15 Mm -hmm. and then I started running, um, and really like starting the recovery process when I was about 17 Mm -hmm. and it went up and down both like from the physical part of it and the mental part of it mm-hmm. through college, I would say. Yeah. But it was getting better. So it was like the running was really helping me and my good days were becoming more often than my bad days. Mm. Um, but I would have, I mean, it's almost like an, like an addict, like you have times where you relapse mm-hmm. and then you don't be too hard on yourself and you keep moving forward and it's okay. And that was over. And then things get better and the, the relapsing happens less often. And then I'd say the mental part of it, although it was getting better, was probably lasted until I was about 25, 26. Yeah. But now it's like, but it, you have to like, so it's exactly like the running in life comparison where you just keep moving forward and working one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, 10 years later, you know, it's, it's all good. Like everything's great and going in a perfect direction. But if you think of it, and this is just like an ultra too, like if you look at it and like, this is going to take me 10 years to recover from, then that's so overwhelming and seems like you're never going to get there. And that like when you approach an ultra or any sort of race, if you think of it, I have to run a hundred miles. I'm going to be out here 
I've ran five so far. Like I have 95 more miles to go. It's so overwhelming. And it just like builds up all this stress and these thoughts that really tear you down instead of breaking it up. Mm-hmm. And so I think with, you know, with the eating problems and with really any other problem I've had, I break it up just like running, like just working one step at a time and moving forward constantly. And if there's a little bit of a setback, it's okay. Like that happens and you just keep moving forward another step and eventually you get to where you want to be. Well, so that last piece you just said, I I have to tease that apart because it's so valuable. So in so many different areas, I have found that people really get tripped up when they trip up, you know? So let's just like use diet as an example. Um, when they feel like right now, even as a perfect example, we just had Thanksgiving and you're like, I know people who are like, oh, I was so in my game and I was in it. And then bleh, Thanksgiving happens, holidays. And then, you know, they indulge and do whatever. And then they feel the feelings. And then, you know, it's like a little demoralizing, right? And then that little demoralizing becomes a lot more resistance. And then the guilt. And then, the, and now all of a sudden, you're so far away from like being in your process and, and, and continuing forward and hitting your goals. It's like, it, it just, it's, it creates, it creates such a a setback, you know, whereas like what you just said, you know, you just, it's okay. You keep going. It's like, you're applying this self-compassion really to allow yourself, you know, the, the, the ability to, you know, move kind of in and out, but just keep moving forward. So it's not necessarily like this linear process as much as it's like, Hey, you know, it's almost like, did you, did you know, as you were, you know, in this process of like healing yourself and then advancing yourself through your running, what started to become a running career, did you kind of have this mindset already? Like, I know this isn't going to be perfect and this isn't going to be easy. And I'm going to allow myself the space to mess up at times or whatever. But like, was there any thought process like that? Or was it just like when it came around, you just kind of accepted it and kept moving? I'd say it's definitely, it's definitely been a learning process. Like I'm naturally just have always had that kind of personality, mm-hmm. but still it's never, it's not like I'm totally fine with just messing up whenever. And then, <laughs> you know, life's all good. I'll just keep moving forward and everything's rainbows. Yeah. Like it's not always like that. No. Um, so it's definitely been a learning process and um, gets easier to think that way, the more that, it, the, you know, the more that life goes on, the more experiences that I have, that I have to practice all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, running became like my coping mechanism to be able to, like I said before, like think through these things and realize that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, I mean, now it's like, pregnancy is really testing me because I can't run as much. Uh, You really have to like deal with your emotions. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's been really beneficial for me to like live life the way that I have thinking, you know, thinking like that and working through problems because now I don't need the running to do that. Right. Right. You've transferred that skill over into your life period. And then, you know, in this exact moment where you're making a baby and, this is a process. <laughs> it's like yeah. you have to have endurance for the process. You have to have the resiliency. You have to have the strength and all of that. You, 
have gained, developed and fortified through ultra racing, right? Yeah. 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 Through lots and lots of running. Lots of, well, let's like, I, I'm so curious because, you know, so when I say 10 K that's like, Oh, how cute. When we're talking about, you know, 50 <laughs> to hundred mile races. But for me, you know, I think the most I've ever ran in one, one go was it was nine miles and that was a win that felt really good. I, I, I don't even, I wasn't trying to, I've never had a like, Oh, I want to run marathons or anything like that. It was just, I got in this phase where I was like, I just want to keep going. And, um, you know, so the thought of, of actually running, 50 to a hundred, hundred mile races. Um, and you're in the mountains. Like it's just so gnarly. So I would just love to kind of go into your very first ultra moment and what that was like for you. You know, how long was it before you started running to the time that you first, uh, you hit your first ultra race and how did you finish? What did that feel like? Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I think it's all, it, it is all relative. Like I know you hear people say that, but it totally is. And so I never want, like I coach lots of people who are pretty new to running and I never want people to think, well, I don't run hundred miles like you. So that's, you know, what I do doesn't matter Yeah, because it doesn't matter. It's all just compared to yourself. Like if you went from running nothing and you now run five miles a day, like that's amazing. That's a lot. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it keeps progressing. And as you realize what you can do and create new goals and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started running, so actually I ran track in, um, middle school, but I had no, it was really because I was just very social. I wanted to hang out with my friends as much as possible. So I played as many sports as possible. And I grew up in this tiny town that was super boring. So if you didn't play sports, I mean, what else are you going to do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I would try to do like the shortest events running because I didn't, I, I didn't really care about it at that point. I mean, how old are you when you're in seventh grade? Um, 12. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, I just want to hang out with my friends. Yeah. Be outside. This is nice. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of like field events and really short sprints, like hundred meters. And I always thought, like, I would see the distance runners running in circles around the track. And this is still like, this is like, you know, 5K or even in high school, it's like 1500 meters. Mm-hmm. So a few laps. Yeah. And I'd always think like, why would they want to do this? This is, this has got to be so boring. Like just go fast and short and you're done and that's it. And then it just progressed. And my coaches made me do some longer stuff because I was like naturally kind of good at it. Yeah. I would do like four by four and whatever they told me to do, I would do it. I'd be like, really, do I really have to do this? I just want to hang out with my friends. (laughs) I would do it anyways. And then I'd be like, dang it. Cause then they'd make me do it again. And it just got longer. And I did, I tried hurdles and then I tried, um, the, well, I did the 400 solo and the four by four relay. And then when I got to uh, my senior year, right before my senior year started, I started running on my own, just like a couple of miles from my parents' house. And so then that became competing in the 1500 and the 3000. And to me, that was really long. I mean, it is long because you're going pretty fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So but then did that in college for a couple of years. And once I stopped running on the team in college, 
basically, I mean, what do you do as an adult? You put on some shoes and you just run longer. So mm-hmm. start running a little bit longer every day, ended up doing some half marathons, <laughs> did a marathon. <laughs> and it became like this really cool thing where, like you said, I wanted to see how far I could go. Like mm-hmm. I've already gotten from the hundred meter sprint to a full marathon. Like what else can I do? And so once I discovered the trails, then it was like, this is amazing. I don't care how, like, I want to be out here as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Don't even care how fast it is. I just want to be out here and like, see what I can get to on my feet. And so that became a 50 K which became a 50 miler, <laughs> which became a hundred K and then a hundred miles. So incredible. And what a, I, I imagine um, a nicer transition on your body too. Cause like I, so I, I don't like running the cement at all. So I, you know, I run in the sand, I run barefoot and I love that for so many reasons. It's so healthy for you, negative charge from the earth, the whole thing. But I do run track. I'll do, um, I'll do track workouts with my, my brother leads a, a track workout for us. And then sometimes I'll, I will do sprints up this hill on my block. So there is some cement, but when I did the nine miles and you know, that was all on pavement and it just like, now that I 99% of my running is on the sand, I can't even, you know, it's just so gnarly. So to that transition for your body must've felt good, even though you're, you know, doing 50 to a hundred miles, but the difference between pavement and, um, up in the mountains. Yeah. Big difference. Oh yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It's a crazy difference. The road marathon beats me up and might say most people up way more than a trail 50 miler. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you're going twice the distance it's right with a ton of vertical gain, you know, yeah. whereas like a lot of the road races are, are flat or right. Relatively flat and 50 milers can have 10,000 feet of vert, you know, right. and you feel pretty great after compared to like a road marathon at six minute miles on pavement. So crazy. Wait, hold on. So what about that first, um, hundred mile race? Like, how was that for you when you crossed the finish line? Did you, did you place or like, what was that like? I want to envision it. (laughs) So my first, so my first attempt, I actually didn't finish. Okay. I got to 70 miles. Um, that was one of those moments where I just couldn't get past my negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so it became quitting and then realizing that the quitting was way worse than if I had been out there for another 20 hours Mm. and didn't want to do that again. So my next one, um, was really good. I just was a lot easier on myself and ended up placing fourth and it was at the Western States 100, which Mm. is kind of like the Super Bowl of ultra running in the States. Yeah. That's amazing. So you must've felt really good and proud and all the things. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Finishing there was amazing. And you know, there were a lot of ups and downs, but the finish, like once you get to the finish of a hundred miler, no matter where you finished, it's so satisfying. Like, and you just feel so badass. Like I just ran a hundred (laughs) miles through the mountains. Through the mountains. I mean, you're literally like, have you ever ran into an animal or something? Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, in a couple races actually too, but 
a few times in training, like a bear, um, lots of deer, bobcats, that sort of thing. I have never seen a mountain lion, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to go through life without seeing a mountain lion. <laughs> I just saw a picture of, um, uh, of a mountain lion on Instagram that my brother posted yesterday. It was so, and it was like in this, like, I'm, I'm going to pounce on you stance. Looks so gnarly. Those things are like ripped. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't imagine being on a trail and then I think like, that thing pops up. I mean, they're so beautiful, but no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They are very pretty, but I'd like to, you know, just maybe see it from my car or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or on my phone. Exactly. Yeah. I ran oh, into a couple during races. Um, one, I got charged by a big cow with horns um, no way. Somewhere, in, somewhere in Italy during a stage race. Wow. That was freaky because it actually was like, it had a baby with it. And I think it was just very protective. Yeah. Um, and then the CCC 100K in France, I had about seven miles left. And I was on this really steep trail, like just drop off single track. And this um, ibex, which is like kind of a big mountain goat with huge horns, but okay. huge mountain goat, like the size of a small horse. Wow. Yeah, with giant horns. And that thing kind of like charged me twice and then finally what ran did, off the trail. What did you do? Like, what do you do? <laughs> you probably, I can't even imagine like where you are psychologically, hormonally, like after running that long, yeah. physically. And then now this, I mean, I'm sure your fight or flight kicks in. But like, how are you managing that? That definitely kicks in. But it's also like you get to a point where things just don't bother you the way they would if you were fresh. Mm. So I was like just so out of it and just wanted to get past this Ibex. I'm like, I just want to finish. Like, you need to move. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to get past it. And just with like. You were really like, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, you are in my way. I'm yes. trying to run here. Please move. <laughs> but luckily, we had um, some guy who was running behind me had poles, like trekking poles. Mm. And he kind of put it out in front and scared it off finally. And oh, then cool. Off. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, my yeah. goodness, girl. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Beauty Counter. You guys, as a beauty expert and makeup pro of over 20 years, I have legitimately sifted and sorted through endless amounts of beauty products from skincare to makeup, you name it, I've touched it. And, you know, high performance is always a priority to me. You know, when you're working on clients who are on the red carpet or accepting awards on live shows like the Oscars, things of that nature, there really is no room for error when it comes to performance. But as a total, you know, lover of health, you know, over the past decade, I became highly conscious about you know, the health aspect of products too, and really trying to steer away from skincare and makeup products that, you know, have chemicals and fragrances and ultimately health disruptors. So when I found Beauty Counter, you guys, I started playing with their skincare and their makeup products on me. I was so happy with the results. Not only, you know, did they totally deliver, but I legitimately felt better putting these products onto my skin. You know, what you put on your skin is totally affecting your health. And it's so important to really realize that. 
Not to mention the brand is really health conscious for the world, and I love that too, but that's just me. So check it out. You guys can now shop my personal favorites on blackbeltbeauty.com from Beauty Counter. You just got to go to the shop section, go to beauty, and you will find my favorites. And I'm continuously adding new products there as I discover more because the brand is just constantly, you know, creating new amazing skincare products and makeup products. So as I learn about them and as I try them and love them, I'm sharing them on the site. So check it out. Go to blackbeltbeauty.com, go to the shop beauty section and shop the beauty counter page from there. Let me know what you think. I'd love your feedback. And if you ever have questions about beauty, you know where to find me. DM me, Roxy Look or Black Belt Beauty. Lots of love, you guys. What a rich life, because I'm glad that you brought that up, like France and Italy, because you're literally traveling around the world and running, you know, in these beautiful places. I mean, you just get to experience so much more of our world's geography. That's incredible. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about, too. Like, I grew up in a really tiny town, and not that I had this like awful life by any means. My parents are so great. And I would consider that I had a great childhood, Mm -hmm. but we weren't like rolling high, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I never like, they would take us to a lot of places, but didn't, we didn't really travel outside of the country. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I think once we did, but um, then once I got out as an adult, it was just like, you know, working hard to get through college and like, you know, barely survive those years financially and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and not really doing a whole lot, um, as far as like traveling and in, enjoying life and seeing the world and that sort of thing. And so I don't even know how, you know, like if I think about it, I, it's crazy that this all even happens now. Like that's what I do is travel around the world basically with my friends because, ultra running is like a pretty small niche sport mm-hmm. and we all kind of travel around and get to run and see these beautiful places that if you don't run to them, you're not going to see them. Like yeah. you just never are. And it's pretty awesome. Oh yeah. I mean, I, you know, when I travel, um, I feel like one of the greatest ways to explore the place that I'm in is just to go on a run, you know, and like even, I mean, get lost, obviously you have a phone and there's ways to find your way, but, but like just more in the exploratory aspect of like allowing yourself to turn down that street and then turn down the street. And then you discover all these rad little, you know, beautiful things about the, the, the place that you're visiting like one of my favorite cities in the world period and places to do this is Barcelona it's so fun to just run through the streets of Barcelona, especially because like the architecture and the way the streets are set up, you know, um, pavement, but still so amazing. So yeah, that is, um, that's really special that running has, I mean, it feels like in so many ways, it's just been the gift that keeps on giving to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like last well, let's see, it was 2019. So August, 2019, I just decided, you know, I had some crappy life things going on and had a race coming up in France. And so I just decided I'm going to go spend a month in France and I'm just going to run and enjoy the food and the people and 
<laughs> I went over there by myself, rented an apartment for a month. And all I did was sleep, train, eat, train some more, eat some more. I love <laughs> sleep that. <some> more. <laughs> so it was cool. so wonderful. It was like going on my own little solo retreat. And yeah. it's just so refreshing. Like, what part of France? Chamonix. Is that, that's the south? Um, I don't know for sure. I don't know either. I lived but, in Paris, so, but, and, oh, I, and cool. yeah, for a little while I went to, to make a academy out there. And then I've spent, um, some time as well in the South of France. Canon. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Biarritz, I love Biarritz, but yeah, there's so much to the country, right? It's so beautiful. Yeah. When you can get, so this race, um, the hundred miler, I did the hundred K I've done the hundred miler though, but it goes around Mont Blanc. And so you go through France, Switzerland, and Italy during the race. So cool. It's insane. It's so, so cool. cool. Yeah. What an amazing experience. I'm curious, you know, you said, um, August, 2019, I know you had family tragedy. Was that during that period? Um, so, um, my brother had passed away one year before that. Okay. And it was almost, it was like one year on the day. Mm. Um, and so I ran that race one year later and for anyone who's like lost a family member or a loved one, like the grief lasts, I mean, it lasts a while and sometimes you might think you're okay. And then you see a picture or like hear their name or something and you just start bawling. And so I thought, I, yeah, I didn't think, you know, I didn't know how, I didn't think much about how running that race one year later would be like emotionally. Mm -hmm. And it was a pretty emotional weekend. Um, And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think those kinds of things actually like help me get through ultras because the hard times seem like they're not really that hard because you've, you're thinking about this other thing that was obviously like so much worse. Yeah. And it makes everything else just seem like, like whatever. I'm not even going to waste my efforts, like being stressed out about that. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I I can't even imagine that's like literally the, I'm so close to my family. I have three brothers and a sister and it's like, they're my kryptonite. You know what I mean? Um, So I can't imagine that grief. And I, and I, I, you know, Grief is such an interesting emotion. Um, and I, 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 you know, I know people who have lost family members, like close friends. And um, I mean, I've, I've lost close friends. And the, the process of, of go, moving through grief is, like you said, it, it, it really is. It's a process and it, it takes so much time. And I feel like from what you shared, I mean, running obviously was again, like showed up in a very medicinal therapeutic way for you to, to, to navigate through that. Yeah. Yeah. So my, so my brother had lived with me or he was living with me. We were really close um, and got even closer, obviously when he was living with me to try to stay clean and he had dropped me off the, the day that it happened, he had dropped me off at the airport and, um, I guess, I guess I didn't explain how he passed away. No, no. Yeah. So he was, he had been struggling with like hard drugs for about 10 years and he was only 25. Mm. So just his whole 
like teenage years and like young life was just this constant struggle. And he was really trying to stay clean. He was doing really well, but you know, when you relapse as a drug addict, it's much more serious. You like, you don't always get another chance, you know? Right. Yeah. And he had, so he was trying to stay clean. He was living with me. He had dropped me off at the airport that morning to go to the Transalpine stage race, um, which is in Germany and it's seven days. And I wanted him to come, but he didn't have a passport and he couldn't get one because of, I think some legal stuff. Cause I had brought him to a race that I went to a couple weeks before so that he could just be with me. And neither of us had to worry about him being like on his own. Yeah. And he loved it. He was like, after that, like the people were so great. Um, just so nice to him, like out of that world of just bad influences. Mm -hmm. And he was so excited. Like he started talking about running and getting involved in races and doing all these things. And he loved it. And I really wanted him to to come Transalpine, but um, he just couldn't because he didn't have a passport. So we had these plans of like people being at the house with him and all this stuff. But that morning he dropped me off and while I was sitting in an airport waiting during a layover and I think it was only maybe seven to eight hours later, I got a call from the cops being at my house and they told me that he overdosed and they didn't know yet, like right in that first moment, what was going on they had to see. And then they told me like he, that he had passed away and it was so, I've never, like, I've lost a couple family members, not a lot, but like grandparents. Yeah. And it wasn't, it definitely was not the same. And, you know, I think um, it felt like it was out of nowhere and he was so young. He was only 25. Yeah. And, and he wasn't one of those like addicts that get real, like sometimes people when they're like, when they're on drugs, I've been around people who get very mean and mm-hmm. uh, very feel very uh, attacked all the time. And he wasn't yeah. like that. It was like, it was so sad. It was like, he was trying to just cope. It was his way of coping with things in life. Yeah. And he was such like a great, nice person and so helpful and loving and everything. And so it was just, I was in shock. Like when, I got that call from the cops and I was standing in line to board a plane to Germany to get on a 10 hour flight. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do. So I called my parents. I had like two minutes to call my parents, called my parents, told them, got on a 10 hour flight and just bawled the entire time, the whole 10 hours. Like the flight attendants were asking if I was okay and all this stuff. And, and I didn't know if I was going to just turn around and go back home. Um, but I had talked to my mom and she said, you know, you need to just do whatever is going to make you feel better. Yeah. And I wasn't totally sure, you know, if in that moment, like what would, but I felt like going home and sitting in my room crying by myself wasn't really the best answer. Right. So I actually stayed and ran the race five days later after 
I mean, I was up all night crying every day. I don't think I slept. So the first, like I hadn't slept for five days straight. And so the first three days of the race was just like a total zombie. And I don't remember, I don't remember it. Like I'll see photos and I don't even remember any part of it. Um, but I think like by day three, I was finally so tired. I, I slept and could think about things. And I think it really helped me to stay there and to run the race and, um, be in that environment and be able to like process things in a healthier way than just going home and sitting in the corner crying by myself. And I don't think that that's necessarily the case, like for everyone. I think when you lose someone that everyone handles it in their own way and some things are going to be better for other people. And for me, that was like a healthy way of, of processing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like at that point you had already established a relationship with running that was very medicinal. It was very therapeutic. I mean, if you think about like just moving through the eating disorder and just that you, you that, that was the connection it, it feels like, right? So it makes sense that, you know, cause that had to have been a hard decision. Like, do I get on the plane? Do I go? But I can see how that ultimately was you know, you were, you were, you were kind of beelining to the, the, the safest place that you could be to process your emotions. And it was, it was, uh, it was running. Yeah. 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 And, and had my parents said, my parents are so great. And had they said, we need you to come home. I yeah. totally would. I would have went home in a second. Right. But of course, like they've always been like, you do you like <laughs> my yeah. whole life. Like you've got to do the things that are going to make you happy and um, help you be the person that you want to be basically is just how they've always been with everything. And that was basically how, what my mom was saying then was just like, however you need to process it. And how is she saying, you know, like I was also thinking like, how are you calmly like thinking this through when like, I can't even imagine, like it's my brother, but it's her son. Like, I know. It just be just so terrible. I, I don't know, but they're great parents. So, well, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know either, but I, I imagine that, you know, you, your health psychologically, like on every level, um, was so important to your, your parents. And in that moment, it was like, well, we hold on, we need to, to make sure that she's, she's okay. And also I wonder if, because your brother had been battling this for a decade and there were, you know, issues prior, it's, I wonder if there was this, um, almost like a, you know, yes, it was shocking, but he was, he was in that, there was always that potential sad to say. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if that played into, and then I think like, I think, and I don't know that this is necessarily universal. I just think of my mom and, you know, when you are a mother and I'm not, you're about to be, um, there's a different gear that kicks in when it comes to protecting your offspring, you know? And I imagine that that's, also had to have influenced her to say like, Hey, you, you, you go where you need to go right now, you know, but yeah, it's yeah. So strong. So strong. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I've talked to my sister a lot about she had her first kid two years ago. Um, I think first and only she's sticking with one. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. But, so just yeah, I've talked to her a lot and she said, you know, basically just be prepared to constantly be thinking of this little person and no matter what, it's like you're going to do whatever, whatever they need to to basically, you know, get through life in a healthy, positive way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I lo- I mean, I, you know, my mom has five kids and she's like, she's a legend. She's such a powerful mom. She's been through so many challenges and she, she's just absolutely incredible. And I'll tell you, and we're all like, I'm 42, my sister's six years older than me. And then my brother's trail like a year behind. So we're adults. But I think when you grow up in like a pack, at least in my tribe of siblings. It's almost like you never grow up, you know, cause you don't allow each other to, but yeah. <laughs> you know, but my mom does have these kids who are like in their, you know, forties and late thirties. And yet, man, like still to the, like, she'll answer the phone, even though she can't talk, but it's like, I'm like, mom, just don't answer the phone. But it's like that need to always be there and it's healthy and it's beautiful, but it's so, um, that need to always be there is so, it just dominates her life and it has, you know, for, for all of my life. And so I, I think your sister's so spot on. I, I imagine that I would be that way. Um, if I was having a baby too, because how, I mean, how could you not? It's your little, your little thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I, I'm already that way and I'm still pregnant. I can't even imagine yeah. that once she's here. <laughs> Oh my God. And she's already running with you. Yeah, <laughs> That's so cool. You know, yeah. you actually, um, were you going to say something? No. Um, I want to actually segue, um, into a quote from where we just were that I love so much, but you, you're, you're talking about like running again after running again after having a baby. And you said, I've never looked at a child as a barrier to travel or to compete. I love that. And I would love for you to expand on that because obviously, look, you becoming a mom, like anybody becoming a parent, your life changes and it's, it's, it's gnarly. Like it's beautiful, gnarly, right? California, gnarly. Um, but you know, you have to, there's a lot of adjustment. My, um, two of my brothers have a baby, one of which had in January, which is like, you know, having a baby through COVID is a whole nother obstacle course. And then my sister has my nephew, um, who's already six years old, but, you know, just witnessing being an auntie and witnessing how my siblings have had to adjust their lives, um, in becoming a parent is it's really, it's incredible. It's a really, um, it's a powerful thing to witness. And then I'll say this too, like when I going back to my best girl, Carrie, who is an Olympian who has, who was literally pregnant with her daughter in the London games, you know, and like, but like she keeps on keeping on and she's going to Tokyo next year, you know? And I love that quote so much because I also believe that yes, while it's going to be a challenge, you have to be more organized and more disciplined and all the things. Um, it's not something, I don't see it as something that will stop you, but I would love for you to expand on that. And like your vision of, you know, your life essentially with your baby here and then moving forward with your running career. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a big part of that is, um, having the support of like a good partner, which, 
you know, I obviously have. And I mean, I think it's really easy to just realize that, well, things are hard and I'm just not going to try to do that anymore. But I think, I mean, life is hard no matter what. So you kind of just choose like, where are you, you going to put your efforts? What are you going to choose to be hard? Because if we keep trying to live, I mean, we're just living our lives. Like we love to travel and, and compete and run and, and Justin competes in, um, in running also. And he's has so much potential as a trail runner and um, like, he's just starting and, you know, I'm super young to be in this sport and we're just trying to keep living our lives just like, you know, everyone else is doing. And, that's all it is. It just happens to be, you know, a little non-traditional. So, um, you know, I look at it as more as being really excited to show her how life can be and traveling the world and learning about different cultures and, um, you know, not just the socializing her and just getting her to see this, this other norm in that, you know, you can basically do whatever you want to do and be what you want to be. And um, if we sat at home and stopped traveling, life would still be hard. Right. Like, we're going to have a child. So, right. Like you said, like it's it's definitely going to change. Mm-hmm. And it, it will definitely be more challenging than doing things just purely worrying about ourselves. But if we try to travel around competing, like it's it's going to be hard. And if we sit at home, it's going to be hard. So I'd just rather put my efforts into the things that we've been doing and how we like to live our life. And that's where our, our hard will be. I love that. Yeah, no, it's so good. It's like, let's, you can't avoid the hard. You just have to be selective about where you're going to be investing and how you're going to be investing in the hard, right. To make it a life that you, you want to be living. I love that. No avoidance. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So much. Okay. So, um, I have two things that I like to do before I close out the conversation, but before I even go there, um, is there anything that we haven't spoke about that you wish you were asked more or you would, you, you want to essentially live in this amazing conversation? Um, well, we went over a lot of stuff. Um, (laughs) yeah, no pressure. I feel like we've, we've talked about a lot of stuff, but, um, I do like, I love, um, I don't just run. So I I coach people too. And, um, you know, I get a lot of questions on like how people get into running and, um, you know, a lot of beginners and people don't really know where to start. And I love, I think I like coaching those people the most. And so like, even if they want to just contact me, um, and ask me some questions or, you know, are interested in learning more about running and how maybe it could help them through some things, then I'm always open for that. I love that. No, this is great. Cause I'll make sure that, you know, your website, everything is in the show notes so people can turn to you. And then obviously on your Instagram and DM you, but yeah, I think that's such a beautiful thing to leave in this conversation because there are running you know, to have like an accountability partner and someone who can essentially guide you and just kind of get you off the ground um, with it, I think is so, so valuable, especially if, you know, I mean, people can come at you from all different kinds of experiences. Maybe people are running races or, but if like 
example, the person who is just getting started and, you know, needs to develop the habit and the training and, and learn about recovery, which we didn't even talk about, but I imagine, I mean, you have to have very strong recovery skills to be able to do what you do. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So I always tell people the, the training breaks you down and the recovery builds you up. Like that's how you get stronger. So you can't slack on that. Um, so that's super important, but, um, yeah, I think like I mentioned earlier, like a lot of times when people are thinking of running or trying something new, it seems so overwhelming. Yeah. And you're just thinking like, well, I know nothing about running. These people run for hours and hours and I don't even run a step or, you know, just thinking of a beginner and it seems to help like the new people getting into it to really break it down yeah, and have that guidance of, you know, just go jog for five minutes even, yeah. you know, starting so small that, well, I can run five minutes, you know, everyone, everyone knows they can run five minutes and just starting it there seems like a much easier way to get into it and helps people kind of relax and, uh, you know, realize what they can do. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Thank you. I'm so glad that you put that in here. Okay. So, um, before I get to my rapid words, um, I love asking my guests, if you had a magic wand and you can give with this magic wand, the masses, one positive habit that would have a large ripple effect on the rest of their life. So anything psychological, it could be, you know, run anything. Uh, what would that be and why? Um, well, very simple. I think just to smile more and be kind, like to everyone, because you never, like, if you think about it, it seems so simple and easy, but it doesn't always happen. You know, you walk around the streets or whatever, and it's a little weird in mask times during COVID, yeah. but you can smile with your eyes. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking <laughs> But even if you, if you think about like, if you walk past someone and they smile at you, you're not going to be in a bad mood, mm. you know, and it just helped. Like you never know what people are going through. Yeah. And sometimes like even just, you know, I think about my brother, like even if someone would just be nice to him yeah. that day, like he just felt so much better mm-hmm. that he'd mention it to me usually. And so, I mean, you have no idea what kind of impact that you make on someone. And if you're smiling, it's always going to be positive, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, that can't, you know, you can't go wrong with that. No, I love that. I mean, even if you try and force a smile on yourself, like it, it does evoke an emotion, whether, you know, you like it or not, like it, 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 it does, it, it evokes an emotion. And I love that about, you truly don't know what, what people are going through. I can't remember who I was talking to. I talk a lot, you know, coaching, podcasting. Um, but you know, somebody gave the example of like, just think about even just in your family, all the things that, you know, your family is going through in their individual lives. Right. Um, so then imagine like just externally, like everybody is going through some things or some things, especially in this year. So I love that. Um, I love that, that habit just to, to smile and be kind more. Cause I think that there's so much value in that. You just feel better. Yeah. Especially this year, like yeah. I mean, all years, but like this year's just hard for everyone. No, it's, it really, it really is. It is 
like I feel like it's the year of resilience, like testing, testing your strength and testing your resilience, right? I mean, we're still in it. Like, <laughs> we're like yeah. We might be in it for a little bit longer. So I know. I feel like I was just talking about this uh, trip <laughs> right yesterday, but I was like, you know, I feel like one of the the kind of silver linings of this year has been uh, a lot of people have become more comfortable with this. I don't know what's happening next, but I'm not going to be surprised. Aliens show up in my backyard. Yeah, 2020. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's all like we're so. And and that's I think that's an important thing for life because truly we're always living in uncertainty, and you really don't know what's coming next. So to have that sort of uh, a little bit of comfort in that state, I think, is really really valuable for for life. Period. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I do think, I mean, there are some positives out of it. I mean, there's like, there's that. And then just appreciating, you know, it seems like everyone kind of appreciates what they do have and, and, you know, the more simple things in life. Like I've noticed that from most people. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, just to be able to go have dinner with a friend, which was like, you know, lovely before, but now it's like, oh my gosh, I'm just so happy to be in person with you. And, you know, yeah, like being able to enjoy this. No, you're, you're so right. It is the year of, um, of appreciation for sure. Yeah. So good. Um, okay. So I do this thing called rapid fire words. I am going to deliver a word rapid to you, but your response does not need to be rapid. I just, whatever comes top of mind, top of heart, when you take this word in, I would love for you to just share and elaborate if you would like to. Okay. Okay. First word is love. Um, like a story and not in just one word answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, go, go wherever you want to go. Just like when you hear love, what does it mean to you? What does it do for you? All of that. Um, I feel like this is going to, it might be, might get a little cheesy. (laughs) I feel like, um, I used to know what that word meant and I really didn't until I met, I mean, of course, like my parents and stuff, but love as far as like finding like a life partner and stuff, like I never, um, I didn't really know what that meant or how that felt until I met Justin and it's been a completely different feeling. I love that. Yeah. yeah. You have a teammate, like a real teammate, right? And that's a different feeling than just dating someone or, you know, it's like a partnership, a collaboration. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And it's, it's like a completely different feeling in your heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I so. love that. Okay. I love that. Uh, next word is fear. Hmm. So I actually have fear lists tattooed on my wrist here. Oh, that's so pretty. I love it. Um, and, and I've had people say, well, maybe, you know, being fearless isn't necessarily like you don't have to be fearless to go through life. And that's, and I totally agree. Like fear is something that is a part of life that you have to face, but being fearless to me is, is having that fear and approaching it anyways and like, and getting through it and challenging yourself to overcome it. Yeah. Facing it. 
Yeah. I love it. So good. Next word is curiosity. Oh, curiosity. Well, I feel like curiosity is what has gotten me where it has with running. Um, just to know, you know, growing up in this tiny town, Sweet Home, Oregon, just for some reason I knew there was more, you know, like in small towns, I think people kind of get in their little bubble mm -hmm. and which makes, which I, I totally understand makes sense to people if that's like all they ever knew, but it was like, there's gotta be more, there's gotta be more. Like, and I just wanted to go see the world and meet new people and learn different cultures and all this stuff. And in kind of a accidental way, running has been what's gotten me to be able to do that. I love it. So good. So good. Okay. Next word, courage. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Well, I think it kind of goes along with the fear and fearless in a way um, because like having things aren't always easy. And like we said, life is hard. Like everything's hard, no matter who you are, or what you do, like you're going to go through hard things. And um, a courageous person to me, like sees the hard things and faces the fear knowing it's not going to be easy and uh but it's going to be worth working through and um going through these things to have a better life and be a better person and yeah 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 solid passion passion well I feel like I'm a very passionate person. Um, you can probably guess it's very much so about running. Um, and I think, you know, I think that there's the potential, like everyone has some sort of potential and whether or not that they explore that potential is a different story, but everyone has potential with something. And if you have a passion if you like, if you're truly passionate about something, like you got to at least try it, like go for it because it's so, I think if you put, if you put the work into it and really explore it, something can, something good is going to come out of it. And it just makes life so much more meaningful. Like if you have this passion that you can really spend quality time, like doing and exploring and, it may not be like your full-time job, but it just makes everything so much better and um, kind of have your own, like your thing that's yours, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just so much, so much more fulfillment, right? Cause you're yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. No, meaning. I love that. Okay. Just a few more challenge. Um, challenge. Well, I've been through, I've been through a lot of challenges. Um, mm -hmm. I'd say, you know, some harder than others, like obviously losing my brother. Um, that's probably the hardest. And then um, the eating disorder when I was young and I've been married and divorced when I was very young. 
and it you know going through those makes it it's it's really interesting because it makes other things in life not that maybe other people without those experiences would think of as a challenge and it's just like meh doesn't matter it's you know like so little compared to what I've already been through so those challenges although they're really they're really hard and not like the ideal thing to happen they also you know you can learn from them instead of just Mm -hmm. feeling like you're constantly attacked somehow you can learn from them and use them to get through life in in other ways and work through other things yeah leverage them I love that yeah so good okay two more resilience resilience (laughs) you're like me (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) yeah I think I mean so many of these things go together like Mm -hmm. um all of those things help you be more resilient you know and just keep fighting getting through things and like nothing's gonna break you down Mm -hmm. that's so good I feel like that's, yeah, that's like a song or something. I don't know. It makes me think of Rocky and the Tiger. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Okay. The final word, one of my favorite words, uh, excellence. Well, I think that's define, you know, like you kind of define that yourself, you know. Um, it doesn't mean the same thing. Like there's not a direct little list of like how to be excellent that you check off. (laughs) (laughs) Although I think some people try, some people try to strive for that initially and it's why things are so frustrating. (laughs) But I think, you know, you can be excellent or have excellence in your life in whatever way you see that being, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, for me, it ended up being, being able to live out my passion and, um, you know, travel the world and meet new people. And I, I feel like that's a very fulfilling and excellent life. And for some, someone else, it might not be, um, it might be having five kids and a great partner and, and just like focusing on your children. And that's excellent too. And so I think everyone, like no one should be comparing themselves to other people. Mm -hmm. It's more that, what are you like hoping to do and get out of life? And are you achieving that? And that's, that would be excellence. So good. It's one of my favorite words to throw at all my different guests, just because it's an interesting one. You, you, it isn't yeah. like how to be excellent, you know, yeah. it's a really creative process. It's expressed from every, you know, individual guest, but I can't help but say this too. Like, do you remember, did you ever see Bill and Ted's excellent adventure? No, I haven't. Oh, because uh-huh. eighties, yeah, it just came to me. Um, it's funny that it, you know, this is the first time that's really coming to me. Like, be excellent to each other. It's like <laughs> classic eighties. Actually, I don't even. It was a nineties, early early nineties, but yeah, my time period. But anyways, Amanda, thank you so much, girl. You are amazing. You are just your joy. Your energy is so beautiful and such a contribution to the world. And I'm excited for you to bring out your little girl in the world and then continue. <laughs> kicking butt in your races and just thank you for carving out time and and really being vulnerable and sharing um, everything that you've shared here in this episode. 
Yeah, of course. It's been fun. It's been great to talk to you. And I'm an open book. Uh, sometimes I think maybe that's too much information, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I think it seems to help. So yeah, definitely it. not in this space. Everything is just, it's so, we're, it's so, you know, because it really does help people who are taking yeah. it. And, and even just, there's like, you know, it's interesting because when people in specifics to like the hard things, when you, when you hear somebody else's challenges, it does help you go through your challenge, right? Somehow, so I know this a lot to be true in my my coaching, my group coaching experiences with the women that I coach. It's like, man, everyone's living a different life, but everybody's life has these challenges. And then to hear um, how they are processing the hards, it, it supports each other as well as the highs, you know, like experiencing your joy in this conversation and, and how you are creating this excellent life that's <laughs> fulfilling is also super inspiring. So thank you. And, um, you know, I'd mentioned that all of your information will be in the show notes, but you want to give a shout out to your Instagram. I feel like that's where you are the most in social. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely where I'm at the most. And, um, We'll try to reply to everyone's messages and things. And it's super easy. It's just at Amanda underscore Basham. So I'm easy to find. Perfect. And all coaching information will be there. So amazing, girl. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, no problem. It was fun. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look. R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And last but not least, if you you are interested in starting your own podcast or perhaps you already have one and you need help with you know editing your audio and the production of it I cannot recommend my producers enough resonate recordings you guys they are the bomb I rely on them they are an absolute supportive tool to me and my podcast so check them out and let them know that Black Belt Beauty sent you and on that note you guys I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next